You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. I watched it too with trackers. It's an eight-foot creature of some kind with acid for blood, and it arrived on your spaceship. It kills on sight and is generally unpleasant. It's a queen. How did you know that? She'll breed. You'll die. We were just saying then, um, yesterday was the weather that really we should be doing this recording because yesterday in the UK the weather was absolutely foul, much like Fury 161. Yes, the winds were running at a fury, weren't they? Yep. It was uh, horrible. Yeah, I, w I watched this the day before, and then weirdly, I mean, I, I was thinking, I, was, I, got, I got a couple of hours, what should I watch? So I thought I'd watch Alien again. I mean, it's my go-to film. And I watched that last night as the wind was howling, and it was like, is that on the telly? <laughs> or is that, is that surround sound, or is that real life? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible weather. Yep, yep. And... Uh... Is this a horrible film? Let's uh, let's discuss this because you and I, you know, we've been talking about Alien and Aliens. Here we are, Alien yes. Three. Uh, but you and I haven't really talked that much about I don't, Alien I don't Three. Think people tend to talk much about Alien Three, do they? It's I, I don't. It's 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 a strange film because it doesn't. I don't think it gets your passion up. I don't think you either absolutely love it or absolutely hate it. Um, it's a mess of a film. For various reasons, um, but I think deep down there's a there's a good film in here, but you've got to sort of chip away at it and work at it and ignore a lot of yeah absolute madness that doesn't make any sense until you know the back history of the the various script versions. Yeah, it. I remember going to cinema to see this. Um, you know, I yeah, I love love Alien. I went to see Aliens, and it's like, oh, God, this is brilliant. And I was expecting, I think most people were expecting more of Aliens. I don't think many people expected it to go back to the one alien, chasing people in corridors type feel. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's, in here, there's a good story. But about halfway into the film, it just loses everything. Um, I remember this is one of the few films where I read the novelization before I went to see it. The, the book right. came out, Alan Dean Foster's book came out, and I thought, oh, I'm going to read it. I, you know, I, I don't mind spoilers for things. I can still enjoy a film when I know what's happening, as as proven by multiple watches of different films. Um, so I thought, I, it's a rare chance I'm going to read the book first. I read the book, and I thought, oh, okay, this, this, it's weird, but it's okay went to see it and I thought where's the film I read about it was missing so much and of course then when you learn about it and then you find we got the assembly cut etc um, you realize what happened but yeah it, it's a mess mm. um, I, I I can remember you know um, you know hearing that they were <laughs> going to do another one and yep. 
um, unlike when aliens come out, by this point it had been a case of the law of diminishing returns with sequels. Yeah. Um, you know that um, you know each successive one just the original it is a more watered down version of the original. You know, yeah. so I was kind of sick of it by then. It's like, oh no, oh no, th th this isn't good. And I can remember the trailer coming out where you had. It, it, it seems quite quaint now, but I, I, I was sick to death of that voiceover bloke, you know, that was on every bloody um, yeah. uh, trailer. And it is one of them where he goes, in a world, you yeah. know, which is such in a, a cliche. Where yeah. lots of middle aged white. UK citizens will have their heads shaved. Yes, you um, won't be able to tell them apart. I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't impressed by what I was learning, and no. wasn't impressed by what I was seeing. I mean, I've seen a lot of people, you know, reckon that they were conned because in that first trailer, in a world, um, the voiceover says, "Now on Earth." Yeah. Uh, you can hear people scream and everyone's like oh oh I, I i was fooled into thinking i thought they were coming to earth i thought that we were going to have aliens on earth but i you, you watch that trailer back i don't think they, that's they what the they're audience yeah. yeah that's what they mean but people yeah. are taking it the wrong way aren't they yeah trouble is people have people have wanted sort of since alien people have wanted the aliens on earth i'm not entirely sure why i don't think there's much room for that i mean as as Alien versus Predator Requiem showed. There's, I mean, th th this is the sort of the weird thing about the Alien universe, isn't it? It's there's not that many stories you can tell with these creatures, because um, at the end of the day, they're, they're they're animals. They've gone down the route of these are animals. These are intelligent insect-style animals, right? so it's not like you can have them plot. You've always got to have. A human that's either working to protect them or to get some sort of tension. It's a very, very predictable sort of story they go down. And I, I think this one was going to be different. They did try to do something different, but eventually it gets wrangled back into, you know, the, the, the same old, same old. Well, what you're saying there is exactly what um, David Geiler and Walter Hill was saying yeah. when 20th Century Fox said, look, Aliens was massive, we want another one, because that's yeah. what studios are there to do. They're there to make money. And, um, you know, Geiler and Hill were like, well, what can we do what we haven't already done? Yeah. You know? I, I don't think there is... I don't think there's much you can do with the Aliens. You either have sort of sneaky, creepy... A alien attacks someone in the dark or you have guns blazing big battles and that's pretty much it because you can't really have them doing anything else they can't you know they can't you can't have a story where people try to make peace with them no or anything no. like that uh, and that's why limited, i think yeah, yeah. You say about you know well what would uh, that what would happen if the aliens got to Earth? Well, what you'd have is basically aliens running around, but now there's buildings you recognise rather than yeah. a colony. It, yeah. it, it would be no different, you know. And I think that was the problem when they started, you know, thinking about making this film. What can we do? What can we do? I mean, there was talk about you know aliens on Earth at yeah. one point, you know, um, and I think it was um, Eric Red not Eric the Red, Eric Red. I think he was the first person that came up with the notion of having a, a prison ship. Yeah. That's the very first idea that you would have prisoners. Um, and um, 
And then, of course, they roped in Vincent Ward, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and uh, after watching The Navigator, have you ever seen The Navigator? Uh, I haven't, no. Oh, you should. It's a really interesting film, yeah, and a really good film. I've seen Flight of the Navigator. No, it's not not quite the same sort of film. Um, And, of course, you know, I mean, it it, it is a mess. This film is a mess, and there were bad decisions made. And and from the get-go, the, the, and I think the worst decision they ever did, which hampered everything and nothing else can, can... good can come of it was the studio set a release date yeah before doing anything before cementing the story in place or anything it was like there is a release date and it is immovable yeah you you find this with with most sequels don't you so you get it's it's the same with novels and things like that so you get the first the first film in a seat in a series is usually someone with a story they want to tell you know, so it's like either someone's come up with a story or someone's read a story and they go, I, I really want to tell this story. So you tend to get a lot of passion put into it. It tends to overrun. It tends to go over budget. You generally end up with something that's good. And then you get the, the inevitable sequel. And generally, they tend to be either not quite as good or okay. But you can see why they've done them. And then the third film in any series... Is always the one. It's like the difficult third album, and it? it's the one where you—they're doing it for money, because there's no story left to tell that anyone is desperate to tell. So you've got then in, instead of going, "Here's my story, give me money to make it," you're going, "Here's some money, what story are you going to tell?" And it—you end up getting all these rewrites and things, and it mm-hmm. tends to happen on everything. I mean, this one especially had a difficult sort of gestation period. And you're right, they—they they set a date because it's a commodity. Mm. It's not. It's not a work of art. This is a commodity. It's not a story anyone was particularly passionate about telling. It's not a story that, you know, that that sort of hit people. And it was, you know, anything. It was. It was. What can we do? I mean, it was madness. Almost everyone in Hollywood had a hand in the script, didn't they? They. There was yeah. so. It was rewrite after rewrite after rewrite. New ideas, and it's like the idea with the wooden satellite, and then the idea with the monks, and then the idea with the prisons. And what we ended up with was sort of a paragraph or two here from each of those hundred or so scripts. And it's amazing that we've got a film that you can sit down and watch. Well, that's why, you know, when we started the recording, you say it's a mess of a film. Yeah. And yeah, when I first saw, t- saw it in the cinema, I thought it was a mess. You yeah. know, I thought it was a complete incoherent mess. I didn't know who all these people were, what their names were, where they were in relation to anything else in the place. I was very, you know, uh, I, I, I was less than impressed by the effects. Yeah. Um, and it was a mess. But now, with hindsight, now you know the behind the scenes and, and you know, just what a, uh, yeah. just a nightmare it was. It was an omni-shambles. It's, a, mir- it's was, a miracle yeah. we got what we did. But and, and, oh, yeah. and, and I think every time we return to Alien 3, I think we've got to watch, yes, this longer cut, this 2003 assembly cut. Yeah, the assembly cut, this isn't a director's cut, because David Fincher He wants nothing to do with it, does he? He's very much in the um, the Lynch role with uh, 1984's um, June, where it's such a bad memory, David Fincher has basically said that, you know, if if you mention it in front of him, he'll punch you in your face, 
Um, so we're never going to get a director's cut, which is a shame because David Fincher is a great director. Mm. And I would love to see what his version would have been. Because we see, we can get a glimpse of it. Because some of the, I mean, and I'll say that other than the effects, which are shonky as hell, and there's reasons for that as well. The actual cinematography, the the look of this film is gorgeous. It's horribly depressing, but it's gorgeous. I mean, mm-hmm. some of these shots are, you, you know, you could print them off and put them on the wall. They're lovely, um, but story wise, it it just it doesn't really make any sense. It's easier to watch now because this has got a lot of people that went on to be very famous mm. in it. And at the time, yeah, I I couldn't tell you. I mean, you you sent me a photo earlier of the cast and you had handwritten their names on it and it's the only way I don't know their names I know the main characters I couldn't tell you anyone but what you can do now is you go oh it's him from such and such yes it is that is exactly what it is now yeah yeah Yeah. and you know I've um, I've I've heard you know uh, Americans talking about this film and they say about well everybody looks the same because they're all bald and they all sound the same and they always say don't they that uh, um a lot of Americans can't pick up on the differences yeah. in uh, accents, accents that we have here in England. Um, but we're English, and it's still a bloody mess. It's, still, it's, it's confusing. Like... I mean, if you, I think that there's there's various decisions that were wrong, and one of the decisions that was wrong was to shave everyone's head, because the minute you shave someone's head, you've dehumanised them, and everyone looks the same, and it's very difficult to tell anyone apart. Um, in this so I yeah I, and none of these characters other than the person we're talking about today uh, uh, 86 Dylan perhaps Morse okay everyone else has got no characterization whatsoever no and this is why it's proving difficult to me yeah. to actually choose yeah. characters that we're going to talk about in we'll, three. I imagine we'll when we get to it we'll be going Moxie, it's Moxie as such and such, or yes. you know what I mean? Because there's they've, I mean, I, I, I we, we've done we've done quite a few of these in characters for different films and that, and we've managed to sort of like in the Mad Max stuff, you even the most minor character they're fascinating, and you can you know we've got an hour out of someone that appears for thirty seconds. I sh- I think we'll struggle with some of these because they just they're there as fodder. Well, I've, that's yeah. why um, I've mentioned this to you, but um, we're, with certain characters, we're going to do uh, team-ups. We'll yeah, do think, two at I a time. To, yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have a 10-minute podcast. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think that's the only yeah. way around it. What's really weird is I've seen this film quite a few times. I, don't, I wouldn't say anywhere near as many as Alien or Aliens. Um, and I was watching it the other night to watch this, uh, to, to, to do this. And it was the first time I thought, oh, hang on, Paul McGann's meant to be Welsh. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it's awful. Um, because he, he gets in the the, um, the the theatrical cut, he gets like one line. Yes. It's, it's madness. They've hired all these people and then cut all their stuff. Um, I I don't get it. I, I don't know. I can't remember how successful this was. I mean, successful enough to, to make a fourth film. But... Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, you know, the cinema I was in, it stayed two weeks. Yeah. I remember it stayed two weeks. And, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time standing at the side of that auditorium trying to work out yeah. whether I liked it or not. And, you know, because it's an alien film. But Do you, do you know what? You're, that's fascinating because 
I think that's the question. I don't know whether I like this or not. Mm. I, I want to like it. Yeah. I think you do because there's so, there's so many good elements, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure it is a likable film. Well, that's I'm not entirely be... sure it's a good film. No. Well, that's going to be interesting over the journey of this podcast. Yeah. To find out at the end whether at the end, because we did with Mad Max in character, we re-evaluated Beyond Thunderdome, didn't we? Yes, yeah, true, to the point where it scored a lot higher than we thought it would when we were discussing it. I don't don't think this is anyone's... If you think, if someone says to you the Alien universe, I don't... Does anyone think of Alien 3? I don't don't think so. I don't know if it's... I've never seen anyone say it's their favourite. No. You know. And I think if they, I mean, it, it might be someone's favourite. I imagine they'd probably be a bit of a hipster. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine anyone, you know. I can I can understand why people say Aliens is their favourite. Don't blame you there. It's a brilliant film. I I know why people say Aliens their favourite because it's an absolute classic. I can't imagine anyone other than for effect saying Resurrection is their favourite. Unless they're a, a strange French director, I just think this will, this Alien Three blurs into the. Eh, mm. I'll watch it because it's part of the sequence. Yeah, here's a question for you and the listener: Can you think of any film series where the third one is your favourite? Mm, I can think of one. I can think of okay, one. Okay, let's 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 think of them. So, Star Trek, Star Trek Three. No, not my favourite. It's okay. It's a bit of a filler. Um, Mad Max 3 not my favourite um, Batman and Robin <laughs> no, no. I, I have seen people say that Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade no, is their so favourite. I, I wouldn't say that but I wouldn't me. say that, no, no. It, it pales, I suppose if that's the first one you saw and you were formative age, but comp- I mean it doesn't compare to Raiders at all um what was the third Planet of the Apes? Escape from the Planet of the Apes? No. 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 I say it's the it's the difficult third film, isn't it? It's where you're like I say you're doing it you're doing it for money and you've got to find a story to tell and mm. it's not interesting. Well, I've got mm. one instance yeah. where personally it's my favourite, but oh, it's God. not it, it's a bit of a cheat because they're not really sequels, but uh, Goldfinger is my favourite yeah. James Bond film, but yeah. each of those are standalones. They're yeah, not, it's I, not I a sequel. I wouldn't say that's a series. I no. James Bond is a series in the classic sense of a series of films. Um, yeah, it's not a continuing story. No. Um, yeah, it's interesting. If any, yeah, any, any of our listeners, if if the third part in any series is your favourite, let us know. Yeah, let that, us know on really Facebook. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have a good old think about that have in about half later. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, we were going to talk about, you know, the, the Vincent Ward original thing, but I think we'll yeah. hold off for the first time we talk about convicts. We'll, yes. t- we'll, we'll yeah. talk about how come monks turned into convicts. Um, so to be continued well, the next time we come prisoners back. prisoners of so. God, aren't we, I suppose? Well, I suppose, yes, yeah. So we'll, we'll crack on and um, we'll start talking about our um, uh, character of today, which is yes. Superintendent Andrews. Uh, do you know his first name? Uh, first I, I looked it up earlier. I didn't know from the film or the book or anything, but it's Harold, Harold or Harry. Yep, Harold. Which, uh, which source you look at. Does he, does he feel like a Harry? He looks like a Harold. 
to me. It looks like Harry the Bastard, but... Yes. Yeah, Harold, I could see. Yes, yeah. Um, so, um, I've got a little bit of backstory to good. him. A tiny little bit. Uh, he was born in 2121, for a start. Fair enough. I don't so, know when this film is set. When's this film set? I don't know. Uh, presumably about 60 years after that. Yeah. So, so in exactly 100 years' time, oh, uh, oh. Harold's going to be born. Um, and it says that he was working at that penal colony when it was closed down oh here we go when it was closed down in 2175 and elected to stay behind and serve as warden for the remaining inmates and custodians yeah this is one of the questions I was going to ask you is do you think he was the warden when it was a prison? No, I think he he is a prisoner who's been Mm. elevated when everybody else pulled out it makes no sense otherwise does it because and this again this we're trying to make sense of something that inherently won't make sense because it is never meant to make sense because it's various different ideas stapled together but so the the, the story in this one not the, the script now but in this film the story is that fury 161 was a uh, a, a prison colony a prison planet um all the, the worst scum were sent there they were presumably doing some sort of of iron foundry or you know metal foundry using the planet's resources etc then they decide to the company uh i'm presuming it's owned by whaling yutani every bloody thing in this world is <laughs> the whaling yutani uh, symbol is all over yeah, this it's film all over it. it's but all over it's there, faded yeah, yeah it's all so, it's not... so presumably whaling yutani went you know even though the, we're using prisoners as slave labor that's not a great idea is it um it's not profitable so we're going to close this place down and so were the pris do you think the prisoners were given the option of you go to another prison or we leave you here i don't i can't see how because at some point the prisoners develop religion mm-hmm. um which is strange in itself and because they develop religion Wayland charney says well you you can just stay there and operate as caretakers should we ever want to reopen it but we're going to leave a vague prison process in place with a you know a governor and a you know warden and it it doesn't make any sense no and what happens when these guys grow old and they all start dying off do you bring in new people to maintain it or what I, I don't know. See, you can understand this setup if it was still the monk thing, because it's, you know, the monks on an artificial satellite. You can understand if it was still a prison, but this weird amalgamation of it's, it was a prison, but now they've got religion and it's not a prison anymore. I don't know why they didn't just leave it as a prison. I well, don't... it's what you were saying earlier. We've yeah. got such a mishmash of yeah. different takes of the script all merged together I mean when David Fincher came on board I mean basically everything had been gutted and they had to reassemble what they could they I mean they were writing script on the day of shooting weren't they many yeah. times yeah so, many times yeah. well they, they built they would build sets to the script only when they finished the set to discover that that scene is no longer in the thing so they would then have to write other scenes based on those sets that were standing which is why we get weird stuff like the the, the 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 meeting where uh, Andrews is telling everyone, and it's set in that weird, and everyone's on different levels on it because that set had been finished for another scene. It it makes it's 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 really weird. 
and a lot of the architecture you get in it is because Norman Reddell Reynolds had built all of it for the wooden planet yeah idea yeah. Um, so they had to then stick, you know, technological because that was the idea of the monks. They were luddites. Yeah. They had yeah. wanted nothing to do with technology. Well, they were, they were like the uh, the Amish. Or the Amish yes, or yeah, whatever. yeah, and they just clad everything in wood. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly you've got all these sets, but that's not the premise of the film anymore. We've got to change this into something a bit yeah. more high tech. So, because as a, an iron foundry, this is the worst designed <laughs> iron foundry in the world, isn't it? It's awful. Health and um, safety. Oh, nightmare, yeah. <laughs> Worse than a Death Star. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I I was watching it and thinking, so is Andrews the old governor? In which case, why would you offer to stay behind? Does he have a family? I don't think he's got anyone. He's only got yeah. Aaron, and that's yeah. not much. Um, no. Um, no, I think he is one of I, the uh, prisoners, but he's been a good boy, I don't, and he gets he, promoted. He shows... So, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure on that. Because he shows such disdain for Clements um, that he is a prisoner, or he was a prisoner. Yeah. I don't know. I get a feeling that Aaron and, and Andrews are the are actual ex ex non prisoners, the guards. But why would you? Why offer would to you stay? stay? Behind? Mm. Mm. See, or... you could have solved all of this by just having it as an operating prison. Yes. Yeah. But then you're then you'd have to go. Well, why is it so run down? Yeah. Why are the sets all covered in shit? <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, let's start then. Let's start with yes. with, with, with what we saw. Um, Hang on, Harry Andrews. That's an actor. No, Hang Harold on. Andrews. Isn't it, isn't it, it's like a, it used to appear in war movies and things. What, Harold Andrews. Yeah, well, Harry Andrews. Okay. Yeah. You're not thinking of Harry Worth. That would be good if he had been running it. With not, his they're hat they're on. quite similar, actually. Yeah. It's snowing. It's just started snowing. Yeah. It is like Fury One Six One. Oh bloody hell, Harry Andrews. Yeah. Well, yeah. he he was in he was in Superman. He's, oh, there you he's, go. Yeah, he's yeah, one of the yeah. Kryptonians at the beginning, yeah, and he's no in did. um um you know Ice Cold in Alex. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's and the mechanic Ice Cold. Oh yeah, Harry Andrews. Yeah. So he could have played that. He was good. He yeah. Was good. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. That was the idea. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. All right. Okay. Well, we'll talk about the film then. And as I yes. say, when we, whenever we do Alien Three, we're going to be uh, watching the, uh, the the special edition yeah. from, from two thousand and three. It's a much, much better cut. If you haven't seen it, if you've only ever seen the theatrical cut, track down the the assembly cut. Yeah, it's it, less it, of a mess. Yeah, it, and it look. I think it looks better now. They've tidied up a lot of the the effects and that in it, <coughs> um, and it it the actual script makes a lot more sense. You you'll hear things and go. Oh yeah, that now makes sense. And you see more yeah. of the characters. Yes, yeah. Than in the. Uh, Where's well, the whole subplot? That, <coughs> That's right. Cut, yeah. And um, all right. Well, we'll start off. Both versions start. Um, I don't like the, the the start of this film. I mean, I loved I love the score. This yeah. opening score. Oh, the music's good. Yeah. It, it is the brilliant. Good. But I don't like the fact that we are ahead of our characters. We already know. That there is an egg on board. There's been yeah. a chestburster. There is still a face on board. Come from? Well, th th they say the queen laid it somehow, yeah. don't they? When it was up on the Sulaco. Right, but I'm presuming there must be at least two eggs on board. She must have had a good old time laying lots of eggs, <laughs> considering she didn't have her egg her tube on her. And she seemed to need that. Um, yeah, again, this this whole start. I remember sitting in the cinema 
when this stat goes off and it's it's I mean they're so embarrassed by it they just show it between credits yes like, oh, and I remember sitting there thinking this is this is nonsense this doesn't this is such disrespectful to aliens and then of course you get the next bit and it's like oh god what have they done mm. yeah I mean that's a very good point I mean how did the egg get in yeah. the e- EEV the EEV is an escape yeah thing so while they're asleep this fire goes off yes and their 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 sleep pods are moved into the EEV in, moved into yeah. the EEV so was was the egg sort of luckily was there but then we see it later on in the the um theatrical cut and it's stuck up on the ceiling behind the girder yes so did how did the queen get to the EEV it, 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 oh, yeah no yeah. All right. Well, that's one of these, you know, yeah. messy bits to this film. All right. So, yeah, I don't like the fact that because there's no suspense now. We know we're basically waiting for the characters to find out yeah. what we already know. Yeah. Uh, which, again, is not one of my favorite. It can work in a film, but in this style of film, yeah, you want you want to learn stuff as your characters do. Mm. You don't want to feel yeah, it just becomes very. Um, you're waiting for them to catch up, and it, it becomes a bit dull. Hmm. All right. So in the special edition, um, I mean, yeah. in in the theatrical one, after we see you know the ship crash into the water, we go straight to our man Andrews. But in yeah. the special edition, we've got Dylan first doing a prayer. Uh, ending in that stupid Monty Python style well, we, salute that in, they do. In the assembly cut, we do see, we do see Andrews as the first character. We see his he, reflection. We in see his reflection, yeah, yeah, because he's doing this report, yes. isn't he? He's, Which he's, in, in the theatrical cut, you're thinking, who's who's compiling this report? What's going on? It's like the computer knowing what's happened. Did the computer? And, you, and then you see the assembly cut and say, oh no, it's meant to be Andrews. Yeah. And then you wonder how he knew all these details about, you know. I mean, I'm presuming did um, did Hicks still have his dog tags on or something? Probably. Uh, probably. Considering right. his entire head got crushed. <laughs> but the dog tag survived. Yeah. All right. So yeah, and and then we have Dylan and that stupid yes. salute thing that the prisoners do. Yeah. And 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 we go over to our man for the day. Yes, it's. Uh, I, I I I I suppose if you're of a if you're of a certain age and you're British, then. Um, there's several things you know Andrews from, isn't there? You're either Porridge, Porridge, or yep. the uh, the uh, Home Pride flower people. Yes. Um, and but, the te- isn't yeah. he Tetley T-Folk? Oh, sorry, not yeah. He's Tetley T-Folk, not, not yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's Tetley T-Folk, um, and you know him from that. Um, or Mr. Rottweiler. Mr. Rottweiler in uh, bottom. He. I, I, for me, I, I mean, yeah, Mr. Rottweiler, yeah, Tetley T folk, you, 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 I mean, that cartoon little man with the flat cap yeah. totally matched Brian Glover's accent. Yes. But for me, he is uh, the guy playing chess in American Werewolf in London. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, telling that joke, which I don't think we can really talk about because no. I think that might be considered a, a bit, you know, it's well, it's dodgy. not, it's a bit dodgy these days about, you know, the, the flight coming back. From going to the UN, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's still um, too heavy. What, what's yeah. really weird as well is is we're very used to the fact that that generally uh, Brian Glover would get cast 
to play someone of his natural accent, a yes. bluff northerner. But in this, he's doing a, a a come and go sort of accent of a bit posh. That's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. All right, that's what I want to talk to you about. All right, well let let let, let let's get into it and uh, play that audio clip. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. This is rumor control. Here are the facts. As some of you know, a 337 model EEV crash-landed here at 0600 on the morning watch. There was one survivor, two dead, and a droid that was hopelessly smashed beyond repair. The survivor is a woman. I just want to say that I've taken a vow of celibacy that also includes women. We've all taken the vow! I would like to say that I, for one, do not appreciate company policy allowing her to freely intermingle with inmates and the rest of the staff. What brother means to say is we view the presence of any outsider, especially a woman, as a violation of the harmony, a potential break in the spiritual unity. We are well aware of your feelings in this matter. You will be pleased to know that I have requested a rescue team. Hopefully they will be here inside of a week and evacuate her ASAP. What's her medical status? She doesn't seem too badly damaged. She's unconscious. Can't give you a more specific diagnosis at the moment. Will she live? I would think so. Look, it's in everybody's interest. The woman doesn't come out of the infirmary until the rescue team arrives, and certainly not without an escort, right? Sir. Gentlemen, we should all stick to our set routine and not get unduly agitated. Correct? All right. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, so, okay, first of all, he has this odd oddity of starting himself by saying that this is rumour control. Here are the facts. Here yes. are the facts. Um, I've used that myself in some meetings. I, I do... I, I, I don't know whether I should should sort of blow this down or keep it a secret, but I think you've you've picked on my favourite character to start with. I love Andrews. He's brilliant. I love Brian Glover's performance, and I love the best is rumour control. And, and he's got that weird. He's got the stress ball. Yes, because <laughs> he what does is... seem a very stressed man, to be fair. He and he keeps it with him. Yeah. At all times, he's a ball juggler, isn't he? He is a ball juggler. Yeah, yeah. He, and I love this first sequence because it's. This this is me in every meeting I've ever tried to chair, where you you, you think you've just got it under control, and then someone will blurt something out. Oh, I thought, oh was, I thought he was going to say, "This is me in every meeting. I'm always juggling my balls." I often am, but uh, usually out of camera range. Um, yeah, I I, I I like this. I um, I think it's a, it's a good scene. Like I say, it makes no sense where they're doing it, because I'm presuming all these people have to climb up. To get on those levels, yes. Uh, but we—it's it's a nice scene because we're introduced to like a few of the characters, aren't we? We get to see Moss; he's brilliant. Uh, we get to see Dylan, and it's like, oh, he's religious, and dear. Um, and we get a quick glimpse of uh, a drooling <laughs> Paul McGann. Yeah. Oh, bless him. He was so excited, wasn't he? he? This was one of his first film appearances, and he was so excited. And he—he would—he told all his family, and he took them all along to. 
watch it and that. And it is parts, but almost entirely excised. But he's still, I mean, yeah. you, you see him now, he still likes the film. He's still proud oh, of yeah, the fact yeah, that he no. was in it. And I think you he know? should be, yeah. He's a real nice guy, I, old Paul. Yeah, he is. He's a nice man. Um, I think everyone should be, other than the studio executives, I think every, all the actors, the, the set decorators, the cinematographers, they should all be proud of this. Hmm. Special effects guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so yeah, he's giving this speech, and while he's giving this speech, we we, we yeah. get a good look at him. I do yeah. like their jackets. I must I say. I do. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, because I don't know about yourself, but around this time, this is sort of how I dressed anyway. I did. Most... I had my M sixty five at this time. Yeah, definitely. I had my M sixty five. I did most of my shopping at army surplus stores. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this this is a an, an American A one flight jacket, the nylon one. But they they've I think these are uh, the Arctic issue, aren't they? Because they got the fur hood mm. that zips up the back. I love that design. That's so clever. I'm not so keen on his trousers. They are highly. Uh, yeah. That's a high belt, aren't they? Yeah. That's um. That's what's what's the what's the male equivalent of camel toe. Yeah, well, whatever it is, it. He, he's got it. Oh, good yeah. lord! And there's a scene later on when I'm sure we'll get to when he when during the autopsy or just afterwards he comes down and he's just got a pair of um, dirty long johns on as the bottom half, and it's like and a cardigan and a cardi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is round about I get I guess twenty one eighty, and cardies right. are still a thing. Still a thing, yeah. And so are uh, spectacles on a string. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely. Um, I suppose. Did we see any? Did we see any glasses, any spectacles in the other two films? Uh, I don't think so. Definitely not in Alien. Yeah, you sort of think that by by then, you know, your your some sort of eyesight correction wouldn't require glasses, but I don't know. No, I do like yeah yeah I do like his outfit. Um, yeah, it, this fits with the Nostromo, you know. You yeah, yeah. Have, um, this, I like this. I like this. I like the dirty grungy look. It definitely um, odds. Yeah. I, I owes more to Alien than Aliens. The look yes. of this oh, film, 100%, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that's why we like it. I think so. There's a I know there's a, a shot that's only in the assembly cut, which is when they're going to get the uh, EUV on the beach. And you've got all the prisoners, and they they've all got on outdoor like um, oil skins. Yes. But they they look like monks' habits. They yes. Say, ah, that's another holdover. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a good look. It's all very military green. Yeah. Very down and dirty. I don't mind this yeah. at all. I'm I'm no, enjoying I, all this. Yes. Um, his 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 accent then that he's yes. got. I think this is a put-on accent. I don't think this is Brian Glover doing an accent. This is Andrews doing an accent oh, for so his men. This is so his do you professional think this is voice. Brian Glover playing his normal accent, but acting that the character is putting on yes. an accent. You could yes, be right. yeah. because the second time we see him in the scene we're yeah. going to talk about in a second at the mortuary, if you listen, he's lost it when yeah. he's not talking to his men. Yeah, perhaps this is his um, this is his uh, his um, Zoom voice when he's doing it when he's in a meeting. This is his comfort. You could be right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense because he only has yeah. this when he's talking to the prisoners. Yeah. All right. Um, what I hate though about this scene is the fact that he says 
you know, there were two uh, uh, dead people and a droid. I hate the fact yeah, that we have the word droid in. Yeah, droid is Star Wars, hundred yeah. percent. He should have said synthetic. He yeah. should have said synthetic or a robot. I mean, you know, robots better. Parker yeah. says, yeah, it's a I, robot. Ash is a goddamn like robot, a not robot. droid, yeah. not droid. Yeah, dro- droid is is the wrong word. Um, yeah, it would be good if it had said and a robot. Or even, like, say, a synthetic person. Uh, or synthetic humanoid. Um, yeah, droid. It, I hate that word. It's, mm. it's Star Wars, isn't it? It's, yeah. You know. Isn't it that copyrighted now? Isn't probably that... Is, yeah. Um, yeah. After droids, the series. I imagine they probably copyrighted it. Well, Disney um, own both now anyway, so it doesn't matter, does it? You know, no. um, they own yeah. everything. <laughs> They're yeah. not going to sue themselves, are they? Um, but, yeah, it, it, does, it does great... It does. It does. Um, he he seems to enjoy telling the inmates that the survivor is a woman. <laughs> he goes yes. like that because he knows what the reaction's going to be, um, and it, and it doesn't go down too well. The news no. that there's that well, this, there is. this is sort of weirdly weirdly dated. This film a bit, and it is its attitude to to sex. I think because they're sort of. It's meant to be a big shock moment, like when Morse goes, you know, I uh, uh, I took a vow of celibacy, and that includes, includes women, women as well. Yeah. And you, it's 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 filmed for like you go, oh my, oh, and it's what? Why shouldn't it? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, it's like when like, Dylan says, I, I I'm a rapist yeah. of women. You know, yeah. well no, you're a rapist, mate. You know, rapist, mate, you yeah. don't have to make a distinction. Equal opportunities for all. Um, yeah. It, and again, it's this weird script mishmash of of um, that the, these are hardened criminals, but they've also because they've got religion, they've turned a new leaf. But we see they haven't. No, <laughs> they're just they're still horrible, horrible people. Um, but yeah, it it is a bit. It's not dated well that aspect of it. No. I don't think you say horrible, but horrible people. Uh, again, this is a failing of the film. If everybody is a horrible, horrible person, you can't have any empathy for any no. of them when they die or sacrifice themselves or whatever. Well, I think the only the only two characters that you sort of have empathy for, which again makes me think they're not prisoners, is Andrews and uh, eighty six or Aaron. Yeah, you, because he's almost an innocent abroad, isn't he? I mean, you have a little bit of sympathy for Morse because he's more of a comedy character. Mm. He, he tends to get a, a tiny, tiny bit of characterization. But yeah, you can't have any sympathy for the others. And I, I think this is a studio thing. And it, it, this is what... It, it's the Friday the 13th mentality, and it? Is this idea that if we're going to be killing people off... We don't want people to be too upset, so you make them awful people, and then mm. when they die, you go, "Oh, is it, it was an awful person." But then it cuts any sympathy. Yeah, that's what I'm know. saying. Yeah. Compare this to say when poor old Harry Dean gets it in Alien. You know, it you've built up and you like this character. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see him hurt. You certainly don't want to see him getting his head punctured. Um, but with these, I mean, other than the fact that. When we get to where they're being killed, I have no idea who's getting killed. No, no, no idea whatsoever. And you don't feel it's like, uh, oh, either, oh, Mox is dead. Was it Moxie? I don't know. No. Mm. And that's the thing. I, I can name any yeah. character from Aliens yeah. or Alien 
and you can tell I mean, me we exactly. We even know Wisbowski, you know, characters like that. But yeah, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you their names. Okay, let's have a little naming session. So, okay, so we've got Andrews. Yeah. We know him. We've got Aaron, eighty six. We know him. We've got Dylan. We know him. We've got Morse. We know him. We've got Golic, Paul McGann, we know him. Mm -hmm. Big That's it. I've no idea. <laughs> no idea after that. And this is when we come back to Alien 3, uh, uh, when I announce, you know, when we end Aliens and I say next time it's going to be such and such, yes. you're going to go who every time. And even yeah. if I say the one who dot dot dot, you still won't know who I mean. No, I have to think like, oh, it's the one with the stupid teardrop tattoo. Oh, it's the, the one that you know was in that film oh it's it's the guy that played the devil on this and it's the yeah i've no idea who these people are mm. i always think with with films if if you've watched it more than about three or four times and you still don't know the character names something's gone wrong something's gone wrong yeah yeah, yeah. all right so yep yeah, it's a woman um yes. a rescue team is going to be there within a week and she's going to be confined to the infirmary for the duration. Yeah. This, this again, feeds into the, this weird shrinking of the universe, doesn't it? Because, like, in, in Aliens, we had it where they say, when can we expect to rescue? 14 days. Uh, and then in this one, it's like, she'll be picked up within the week. Mm. Um, and it's like, hang on, the, the, these planets were, like, in Alien, these planets were 10 months of hyperdrive. away. away. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, what? I, it's, I, I'm not in this one. You could, I suppose, you could almost say, well, it could be a nearby planet is a week away. But yeah, I much prefer the the you're on your own yeah. type yeah. situation. All right, so uh, we'll fast forward uh, to yep. that mortuary. He's not. Yes. He's not too happy to find that Ripley's in the mortuary. Mr. Clemens. Superintendent, I don't believe you've met Lieutenant Ripley. What's going on, Mr. Clemens? That's right, sir. What's going on, Mr. Clemens? Well, first, the lieutenant is feeling much better, I'm happy to say. Second, in the interest of public health, I am performing an autopsy. Without my authority? Well, there didn't seem to be time. But it's turned out all right. There's no sign of contagion in the body. Good. But it might be helpful if Lieutenant Ripley didn't parade around in front of the prisoners, as I am told she did in the last hour. It might also be helpful if you kept me informed as to any change in her physical status. Or would that be asking too much? We have to cremate the bodies. Nonsense. We'll keep the bodies on ice till the rescue team arrives. On ice. There is the public health issue. The lieutenant feels that there is still the possibility of a communicable infection. I thought you said there was no sign of disease. Well, it would appear that the child drowned. But without the benefit of proper laboratory tests, it's impossible to be absolutely certain. I would consider it unwise to tolerate even the possibility of an unwelcome virus. An outbreak of cholera would look extremely bad on a report, would it not, sir? <clears throat> With 25 prisoners in this facility, all double white promos, all thieves, rapists, murderers, child molesters, all scum, just because they've taken on religion doesn't make them any less dangerous. 
I try not to offend their convictions. I don't want to upset the order. I don't want ripples in the water. And I don't want a woman walking around giving them ideas. For my own personal safety. Exactly. I will leave the details of the cremation to you, Mr. Clemens. They may use the furnace, but I want everyone back in lockup by 2200 hours. You call this, sir. Again, this is. Um, I don't think. I don't think films should be totally where you're not feeling uncomfortable, you know. You know, while you're watching Schindler's List, I think you should feel uncomfortable. But this, in in an ostensibly sort of run around alien universe film, I find the the autopsy and the treatment of of Newt's character just it's, it's not enjoyable. It's distasteful. Yeah, I've, it's I've, I've distasteful. That's the word. Yeah. Why is Ripley in in the? Uh, it's different in the assembly cut, but in the and she doesn't know this, so I still don't know why. In the um, in the uh, the theatrical cut, why is she so obsessed with with cremating Newt? Because where where did this idea that the alien can gestate in a dead body come from? Mm. It does it does in the assembly cut because it comes out of the cow, the ox, and that's dead. Mm. But what doesn't that seem a weird thing that it can gestate in a dead body? Again, this could be just the result of a, yeah. a, a, a merging of different concepts and ideas yeah. and scripts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I say, he's lost his posh accent. Yes. For, for and his this, trousers. So. And his trousers. He's <laughs> got his cardi though. Why? Why do you? Do you imagine that uh, that uh, Mr. Aaron sleeps at the foot of his bed like Smithers? We'll save that for yeah. the uh, Aaron. Yeah. Episode, um, but yeah, I love I love this scene as well because again, it, it, it's a nice little bit of characterization where he's Andrews is very much what the hell are you doing, and then he, it's like this would look bad on any report if it's cholera. It's like uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Burnham. Um, yeah, he's worried about his reputation for some reason. Yeah, yeah, he, he seems a bit um, taken aback by the idea yes. of a contagion, doesn't he? I do like when because Ripley just makes it with cholera, and then it's like. There hasn't been a case of cholera in two hundred years. How does Ripley know about it then? That would be like us. That's a good point. It'd be like it happening now and us going, um, you know, uh, I'm worried about a diphtheria, yeah, uh, contagion, or uh, I think she died from the vapors. Yes. <laughs> no. Again, that doesn't hold up to yeah. too much scrutiny. Um, he tells Ripley that there's twenty five male prisoners there, yes. uh, double Y chromos. He calls yeah. them. And he doesn't want to upset the Did order. Did you have Blake Seven flashbacks when I thought he said Crimos? Crimos. Oh no! It's Travis! All right, that would have been even harder to distinguish everyone yeah. if they were in Crimo outfits with those silly oh, gas yeah, masks yeah. on. Um, um, and it, it, yeah, he doesn't want the order to be disrupted. Yes. And I think yeah. he just wants a quiet life. I think so, yeah. Doesn't I mean, he? I, I understand why he's stressed. I understand entirely why he's stressed. Yeah, he just wants a quiet life. He knows that this is just going to be a mess and red tape, that sort of thing. Um, also, he's got the he's sort of got the correct attitude because Ripley's story is mad. And I I don't I know Ripley's because what we got to remember is that this is like everything that's happened so far for Ripley has happened in two weeks, hasn't it? Hmm. Um, 
from Alien, right through Aliens. It's two weeks of her life. So she's still a bit, you know, PTSD about it all. But she she in no way helps herself in this film. Um, the way she acts, the way she's keeping everything to herself until too late. It's, it, I don't, again, it's artificial, artificially created tension, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which again shows that the script wasn't quite well thought through. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that sums up the um, uh, film as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, we, we see him giving a, a, a reading yep. um, at the cremation at the furnace just before the dog stroke yeah. I do, gives yeah. birth. Yeah, depending on which version you're watching. This is a lovely sequence. This is this shows um, uh, Fincher that he's got such an eye for the shot. It's amazing. This is a great sequence. The music's good. The, the juxtaposition's great. In both versions, I think. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the fact that Andrews doesn't believe. So he does this very simple sort of religious eulogy to... And then he turn, turns to go, and then Dylan has to open his mouth, doesn't he? And you can just see the look on Andrew's face of, oh, God. He does not like Dylan, does no, he? No, You know? Well, All Dylan's right. a rabble-rouser, isn't he? He's, he is. Yeah. To be continued on the Dylan one. Yes, definitely. Um, all right, before we get any further, something I forgot to say back when we were talking about the first scene with, that, with, with Andrew's was yep. what Alan Dean Foster Makes, oh, of, yes, yes. makes of it and uh, yeah I've, I've, I've flicked through it and I think we've got the answer to our question about you know what is he doing there is he an right. ex-prisoner or what because Alan Dean Foster says uh, in the first scene we have of Andrews yep he's on that communicator putting the report uh, this is what Alan Dean Foster says he says uh, why was he worrying everyone he had ever known would be dead by the time he got back home that didn't render him any less anxious to make that oft-anticipated journey. So he did his rotten job as best he could and hoped that his rotten employers would eventually take note of his skill and professionalism and offer early retirement, except that now a rotten, unforeseen difficulty had arisen with the sole intent of complicating his life. Andrews harboured an intense dislike for the unforeseen. One of the few compensations of his job was his unremitting predictability. Until now, and it compelled him to make use of the communicator. So basically, he's there, hoping that somebody will notice that he's being a good boy, uh, and will give him early retirement. So he is then not through choice, but there is a way out at some point, or at yeah, least he I hopes. I, I quite like that. So he's yeah, he is an employee. Mm. He's been given a crappy job, and his only way out is either they promote him or he retires early. It's interesting that that they're still going with the 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 time sort of distance to get back. Everyone will be dead by the time he gets back home. Mm. Um which doesn't fit with what we see in this that like earth's two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't quite fit. Um that's interesting that. Yeah, that that does make sense. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't go with the Andrews telling Ripley I was only two weeks away from retirement, <laughs> like with with Hudson. I always think that's a, a real clunky bit with Hudson as well. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad they didn't go for that, but that does explain a lot. Yeah, he's a he's a chair moist and they're waiting to retire. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. 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 All right. In the theatrical cut, when Ripley goes to the mess hall, there's no yeah. sign of him. 
um, but in the assembly cut, he's there. Yeah. Um, you know, um, as she's entering the mess room, he's there with Aaron, and uh, he, he says, "As I thought, Mister Aaron. As I thought." Yeah. So he already knows, you know, that she's mingling without well, an escort. Um, yeah, he's got absolutely zero confidence in Dil, uh, in um, Clemens to to follow orders, has he? He knows it's going to happen. Um, it do, it does make you wonder why he didn't step in at that point. Mm. You know, but then again, it's like say it's one of those weird things where he might have done and they haven't filmed it. Yeah. We just don't know, do don't we? Know, no. And we're never going to, as you say, we're never no. going to get a director's cut. No. Um, all right, so uh, this guy Murphy uh, has been killed in yes. the uh, air ducts. Is Murphy Moxie? I can't remember whether Moxie survives. Moxie? Yeah, from Alvisa's aim. He's in it somewhere, isn't he, Murphy? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that, that's him. Yeah, he's the one who gets diced in the fan. Yes. And... Uh, um, Clemens is down there, so is Andrews, and uh, he, he looks rather shifty when he says, I take it he was pulled into the fan. Uh, yeah. Andrews looks particularly shifty. Um, well, I, I do wonder, A, why are they cleaning? Why have they chosen this one bit to mop? Yes. Because <laughs> the rest of it needs a mop. Um, yeah, I think I think he's just worried now, and it's like, I think he's Andrews is, is in his mind, it's what he predicted is coming true. These people are the the natural order's been unsettled, and now people are not paying attention. They're dying on the job. Yeah, um, he says, doesn't he? Later on, you know, I, I don't want these silly sods going around with a hard on. You know, yes. it distracts them from their work, and that's I'm guessing what he thinks happened to Murphy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's not been concentrating on the job. He's slipped um, headfirst into the fan. Hmm. Uh, gone. <laughs> yeah. All right, and he tells Clemens that I want to see you in 30 yeah. minutes in my office. Sit down, Mr. Clemens. Thank you. Sugar? Oh, no, thanks. No, just a little, please. Thank you, Mr. Aaron. Listen to me, you piece of shit. You screw with me one more time, I'll cut you in half. I'm sorry, I don't think I understand. Oh, 700 hours, I received word from the network. I may point out this is the first high-level communication this installation has ever received, to my knowledge. They want this woman looked after. They consider her to be very high priority. Why? I have no idea. Why did you let her out of the infirmary? This accident with Murphy's. What happens when one of these dumb sons of bitches walks around with a heart on? I'm a doctor. You're the jailer. We both know exactly what you are. Sit down. I think it might be better if I left. I find you unpleasant to be around. You do. Isn't that lovely? Consider this, Mr. Clemens. How would you like me to explain your sordid history to your newfound friend? For her personal edification, of course. Now sit the hell down.
I don't like you. You're unpredictable, insolent, possibly dangerous. You question everything. If I didn't need a medical officer, I wouldn't let you within light years of this operation. I'm eternally grateful. Keep your sarcasms to yourself. Now, is there anything I should know? About what? About the woman. Don't play with me, Mr. Clemens. You spend every second you can with her. And I have my suspicions that not all of your concerns with her are medical. She said anything to you? Anything about where she's from, what her mission is, what the hell she was doing in an EEV? She told me she was part of a combat unit that came to grief. Beyond that, I assume it's all classified. I haven't pressed her for more. That's all? That's all. You sure? Yes. Nothing more? No. Get out of here. Now, in the assembly cut, he starts things quite civil. Clemens comes yeah. in, uh, he offers him some tea. Do you want sugar? Do you want milk? And then he I goes... Was, uh, I think it was Tetley. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if there were oh, some Tetley tea bags? About, yeah, oh, that would do. Someone's got to do that special Tetley cut. <laughs> on his desk is the a Tetley box of cut. Tetley tea bags. Yeah. And he's perfectly civil yeah. until Aaron leaves. And yeah. that's the cut where we, in the theatrical cut, it starts with... Um, you know, listen to me, you piece of shit. He goes, yeah. doesn't he? Um, yeah, his 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 total civility and gentleman manner goes completely. Yeah, there's 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 obviously history between Clemens and and uh, Andrews that we don't know about because yeah, he's he's very antagonist antiga what's the word antagonistic, antagonistic yeah uh, towards him. Um, Sort of, it's when no one's watching. Because <laughs> when, yeah, when he's alone with him, he he's got no respect for him whatsoever. No, he but hate... I think, yeah, I suppose that's the sign of a good manager as well, isn't it? That in front of others, he's respecting the office of the doctor. Yes, in front of Aaron. But I think what's getting his back up is, you know, what Alan Dean Foster says in the book. He just yeah. wants a quiet life until yeah. they offer him early retirement. But he, he's ranting now because he's heard from the network. Yeah, he's got a message back which is unheard of. Yeah, it's the first message he's ever had back from yeah. head office. And boy, hasn't it panicked yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, Ripley is high priority. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's where he says he thinks Murphy's death is, well, you know. Because yeah, Ripley's th- been out of the infirmary. This is the equivalent if you work for a large corporation. Is you you've, every week you send in your update report via email, and then one week you get the managing director of the firm respond with, "This is interesting." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no. he is. He, he's starting to yeah. panic, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. Uh, he's if, furious, if and he if and you he's... see his uh, his tidy little retirement going out the window. Yeah. Yeah, and he's blaming Clemens, um, yeah. you know, for it. She never should have come out the infirmary. Um, and I don't think he's wrong either. No, 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 no. You're meant to feel he's like this, you know, this. Oh, he's an overbearing manager. He doesn't answer, but he's absolutely right throughout it. If Ripley would have just stayed in the infirmary, then a lot of this stuff wouldn't have happened. Mm, mm. I mean, we get our first inference. There's something. There's more to Clemens because he yes. he, he, he says, doesn't he? We both Your know exactly what you, you, yeah. 
exactly what you are. Yeah. There's this build-up, but when you actually find out what... Yeah, it's nothing, is it? It's nothing. But, but here, I mean, Andrew's, you know, that, 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 that sneer he's got on his face as he squeezes his ball. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> we both know exactly what you are. But yeah. he, he's, he's worried for himself, but he's worried about the base, isn't he? Yeah. Is there anything else I should know? He's just pressing him for information. There's nothing wrong with that. Has she told you what her mission is? You know, yeah. is there anything more? Well, for, for all he knows, this is a, some sort of test, head office test. Mm. And Ripley, and it's all a plant so far, isn't it? And they just want to know how he's running this station. It's very um, telling. He says, yeah. what is her mission? So in, yeah. in Andrew's mind, she has a mission. This isn't, yeah. this isn't you know, an accident that she's there. Well, it's so, it's so unlikely to happen that yeah, he thinks this is this is a setup somehow. Do you think he thinks he's being tested? I think I reckon so. I reckon this is like a this is a mystery shopper for him. Mm. You know, which if you've ever worked in retail, that you, you know is panic setting. <laughs> yeah. All right. During this scene, as he's pacing yep. backwards and forwards, uh, have you noticed the nodding bird on the table? Yeah, I thought it was. No pun intended. I thought it was a nod to Alien. Hmm. I, I definitely. That's what I think yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, we we move forward a Invest, bit more. Find the company that makes these nodding birds. Invest in them. Yes. Because they're still going strong back even then. Yeah. Um, after Boggs and Rains have been killed. Yeah. Um, uh, he thinks Golic should have been chained up. Yeah. Um, and that there should be a search party sent out for the two missing men, and. Was that your stomach? That was my stomach, yes. God bless. I apologise. You haven't got a chest burster in there, have you? There may well be, yes. <laughs> you haven't been eating more tuna sandwiches? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm steering clear of them. You're all right. I okay. don't need a chest burster. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right. Um, and that's uh, next time we have him, it, that's when he has his interview with Ripley, the classic yes. scene where he has in, his interview with Ripley. Let me see if I have this correct, Lieutenant. It's an eight-foot creature of some kind with acid for blood, and it arrived on your spaceship. It kills on sight and is generally unpleasant. And, of course, you expect me to accept all this your word. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favourite scenes in the entire film, because he just, when she explains what's going on, and his, his talking to Aaron. And I love, I love this characterization as well, that he, him and Aaron absolutely 100% support each other no matter what yep I love it. that's great when he's like uh, that's quite quite a tense, quite a story but, mr. Yeah, yeah I've not I've not heard anything like it no, I, I would expect not it's great it's such a good little I, I, I wish the I wish Andrews hadn't have died first mm. I would have liked to have seen him <laughs> you know you could have had some nice competition with him and Ripley and that that Ripley's plans no he's gonna do it you could no kill him off Ah, he's the most interesting character. And I, I would have liked it if Aaron had survived rather than Morse. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Aaron deserved to survive. Yeah, you yeah. Know. But that's the bleakness of this film, yeah. isn't it? No, that is a, yeah, it's definitely a, that's a good word for it. It's bleak. Yeah. I love the line, and I love the delivery by Brian of... So let me get this straight. Yeah. It's an eight-foot creature with acid for blood and generally unpleasant. Yeah, it's just brilliant. <laughs> it's so understated. It's wonderful. Um, 
and I like when Ripley goes, you must have weapons. It's like, this is prison. This it doesn't is a pay to have a, We've got a couple of uh, couple of knives in the kitchen and a couple he's of axes. Qu- he's quite smug isn't in this scene, yeah. isn't he? He, 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 he doesn't believe it, does he? He's sat back in yeah. his chair, he's squeezing his ball. And uh, well, what you do suggest we do? This is a yeah. you know, this is a prison. Not a good idea to have weapons lying around, you know. I th- I think at this point, he's almost relieved because her story is so mad that I think he's gone. Yes, okay, she's she's mad. I think he's, he's I relieved now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, all I've got to do now is wait for them to pick her up. Hope hope none of my other people kill each other because yeah. he still believes. That 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 um, Paul McGann killed the other two. Yeah, and he's not. I don't think he's. And I mean, the fact that he's wrong, in no way, makes his justification wrong. I think he's correct because it, it really annoys me when Dylan, when he's going, um, uh, you know, that uh, Paul McGann he should have been locked up. He's he's got a history of of murder, and then Dylan's like, yeah, but he's not like that. Doesn't no 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 no. no. No, no, I, I, I think Brian plays it very, very well. Yes. Because yeah. the scene before, he's all paranoid and really upset with Clemens because, you know, they're coming along. Now he's actually spoken to Ripley yeah. and that fear that she's some sort of plant by the company testing yeah. him, it's like, no, she's just a loony. What, what's really weird to think now is that at this point in everyone's career, he's the most experienced actor on this entire set. Hmm. You know, he's... Because Charles Dance obviously is just brilliant in everything and he, he goes on to better stuff. But at this point, yeah, I think I think the best actor in this film is Brian Glover. Which yeah. is not something you normally can say, but <laughs> no. yeah, he's he's brilliant. He's really good. Yeah. Alright, well he has his final scene. Um, yes. um, when he's going to give that the prisoner meeting um, at the same time that Clemens has just been killed. Um, yes, he's tr- he's trying to um, to organise a search party for the other two, even though he knows they're dead at this point. He knows they've more than likely been killed by uh, by Gollick. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I like his final speech. Yeah. All right, once again, this is rumour control. Here are the facts. At 0800 hours, prisoner Murphy, through carelessness on his part, was found dead in vent shaft 17. He seems to have been sucked into a ventilator. At about 2100 hours, prisoner Gollick reappeared in a deranged state. Prisoners Boggs and Reigns are missing. There seems to be a good chance that they have met with foul play at the hands of prisoner Gollick. We need to organize and send out a search party. Volunteers will be appreciated. I think it's fair to say that our smoothly running facility has suddenly developed a few problems. I can only hope we are able to all pull together over the next few days until the rescue team arrives for Lieutenant Ripley. It's here. You got coming. Stop this ready at once. I'm Stop telling it. you. It's here! Get that foolish woman back to the infirmary! Fuck! 
because basically, I mean, it's like Jack and Ori, uh, the yeah. posh accents back, uh, the delivery of his lines, you know, um, as he tells the prisoners the situation, you know, uh, as he sees it, volunteers will be appreciated. Well, he's, you know? he's doing the classic keep everyone calm. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want the person in charge to be going, so, Gollick's killed two people, we've got to go and fight. Rah, rah, rah. No, he's very calm. It's like, yeah, they're probably not alive, but we've got to go and check. Mm. Anyone interested? Yeah, it's brilliant. And then, um, and then Ripley, Ripley comes, comes in and in spoils and he, it. He turns into <laughs> Rene, doesn't he? Yes. Like, you stupid woman! Stop this raving at once! Yeah. <laughs> Get that foolish woman back to the infirmary, you know? And uh, that's it. it, it it's uh, a bye bye Andrews because it's not a jump moment, is it? In, no, in no, the no. way that you well, have the jump moments in, the, in Alien. Um, in the assembly car, um, because there's a couple of shots that they don't use in the uh, cinematic cut where he positions himself under the missing ceiling tile. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit on the nose, that. No, it's not a surprise at all. You're expecting it entirely. I think that's probably the, the that's what's wrong with this entire film. There's no surprise or shock in any of it. No. You know, like when, when, the, um, when uh, um, Paul McGann Gollick is with the other two and they get attacked you're just expecting it it's so routine it's yeah. like oh, okay the alien and this yeah. never makes me jump when we talk ab- no. about alien we we've already said you know kane looking into the egg it gets you every yeah. time you every know it's time. coming but yeah. you jump when dallas is in the air duct yep. it gets me every time this one you know it's coming so, mm, it don't get me yeah. We do get a loving long shot of his trousers, though, don't we? We do, and his yeah. bouncing ball when it yeah. comes back yeah, his, with the blood. His balls finally dropped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was his other late. one, yeah. and it has finally dropped. And we have Filmdom's worst ever delivered fuck. Morse's yes. fuck is just... I, I, I'm, I'm stunned by, by just how rubbish it is. Well, this is a sort of... Now, if the, now you would make a PG-13. I mean, we know from, like... Alien vs Predator, and you're allowed one fuck mm. the word, not the scene, uh, in a PG thirteen. And this this is a sort of delivery you get on that in it, where you've you've used your one word. It's just weird. Yeah, it's not it's not a great. You know, compare it to like uh, watching Alien last night and Brett's death, and then the look of shock on uh, Parker's face when he said it wouldn't have worked if he had run in, looked up, and gone. Fuck. Yeah. Would it? It's, no. 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 All right. Alan I did da- my fav- My other favourite scene in the film though is the later on. They're mopping up his blood. Yes, with the guy that's looking brilliant. up. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. What's that prisoner's name? The guy who's no mopping idea. and looking up. I no, got a clue. no, nor Could do I yet. <laughs> Mop man. Got to look into that. Mop man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alan Dean Foster. Back to the novel for oh, yeah. how how he describes Andrew's demise. Uh, Andrew says, I won't have this kind of nonsense in my facility. Do you all hear me? I will not put up with it. A faint scraping noise caused him to glance upward. The alien reached down and nipped the superintendent off the floor as neatly as a spider trapping a fly. In an instant, both predator and prey were gone. In the ensuing hysteria, only Ripley and prisoner Morse actually saw the monster drag the quiescent form of Andrews into an open air shaft. That's no it. one, no one suggested going after him, did they? Like, you know, with no. Dallas and uh, no, nope. no one, no one's going to volunteer to do that. No, no, no. He's gone. He's gone, yeah. and that's him gone. Also, I'm, I'm pretty certain that uh, 
and I know from Aliens as well, that Hollywood has no concept of what a suspended ceiling is. No. Or how or little how, strength they have. Or how, how big an air duct is. Yes, yeah. That, that's, I mean, that... If you're a, if you're a sort of a, a planner, an engineer, designing anything, solve any alien invasion whatsoever. Um, just don't put man-sized air vents on it. Mm. You know? You, it, you solved it. I've, I've worked in cinemas with big air handling units, yeah. and the air ducts are not big enough. to. You can't get John McClane no. into any of those air ducts. No. Die Hard could not work in the UK. So I'm going to get through the air ducts. Oh, six inches. Because okay. <laughs> over here, our air ducts are, you open the window. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know if it's different. Do you, does it, if, if you're an American listening to this, and you work somewhere that has human-sized air ducts, let us know. Because I don't know, think please. they exist. No. No. All right. Uh, behind the scenes... Yes. Um, um, you know, the Andrews character is uh, a holdover from Vincent Ward's original oh, really? uh, yeah, one because you had a senior Abbott in that that Ripley oh, has really? taken to. And, it, and yeah, in the Vincent Ward one, yeah, this senior Abbott didn't believe her story. Could you uh, could you see a Barry Glover as a monk? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. With his dirty habit. <laughs> With his dirty habit. Um, did you know that originally... Uh, Andrews wasn't going to die. Oh, no, I didn't. That yeah. would have been better. No, it wouldn't, because oh. there was going to be a later sequence where the aliens built a hive. Oh, was he going to be And he's cocooned? there, yeah, and there he is cocooned, and he pleads with um, Ripley. No, no, it's not Ripley, it's Dylan and Morse to kill him, and they set him on light with a flare. Mm. Mm. No. No. And I've got one photo. They started making the cocoon sequence. Yeah. Uh, they actually started uh, building it, but then that idea was scrapped. All right. It's weird, isn't it? Why? Um, I was thinking earlier, and we probably will cover it when we uh, discuss Ripley. But so the alien knows she's got a queen fetus in her, mm-hmm. so won't damage her, even though she threatens it. Why doesn't it just cocoon her up? Keeps yeah. the queen safe, cuts down any threat, stops Ripley. I don't understand why. Yeah, but you said earlier as well that now in these films, uh, an alien can come out yeah. of a dead so just creature. Her, yeah. You can just kill yeah. her. Yep. And it can still well, come out. It's almost like this is a bit of a mess. <laughs> um, Andrew's death, right? Yes. Um, that was the very first scene done with an alien, right? Uh, the very first effect shot they did with the alien costume oh, right. okay. was Andrews being pulled really up see, into the ceiling. See, you just see some arms, don't you? Really? You do, and that's very, very yeah. uh, quick. But if you look, if you type in Brian Glover Alien 3, uh, yeah. there's publicity stills of Brian, quite frankly, mugging into the camera with these uh, hands either side of his head. That's if it. you look, the the suit wasn't ready. The, the hands are a different colour to the arms. Yeah. Because they hadn't finished painting the gloves, all right. Um, oh yeah, it's a completely different looking suit as well. Yeah, yeah, because it um, wasn't it wasn't yeah. finished. Oh, what well, a surprise! The, yeah, the, again because of the the weird script changes, the film changes. The the alien in this is horribly schizophrenic, isn't it? Because everyone keeps referring it to the big beast. Yeah, and then when you see it, it's like it's not big at all. But it was meant to be because it was meant to come out of that massive ox. Yes. Um, and the suit, when you finally see the suit, it's fairly large and sort of 
beefy, and then you see the rod puppet, and it's not. Yeah, mm. it, I wish they'd have just stuck with the man in the suit. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Oh yeah, the mortuary scene. Uh, yep. The overhead light. This will take you back to your projection days. The overhead light was a xenon lamp. All right. A seven k. Yeah. A seven k. That's big. Seven k is big. I mean, the biggest I've ever used was a two point five k. So seven is is huge. In fact, I think the ones up in Leicester Square, in the Odeon Leicester Square, I think they're only like four k's. And that's, that's quite a throw from the projection box to yeah. the screen. So it was a 7K. Yeah, they get bloody hot. That's like a landing light, isn't it? Yes, an yeah. And you know, because you you used to be a projectionist, yeah. um, uh, the way it works, a xenon bulb works, is you've got a glass bulb uh, full of xenon gas, and you've got a cathode and an anode, and then a, a, an arc going across. Yep. Um, and because of that, the lamp could only uh, burn horizontally. If you tried tilting... It in any direction you would burn the glass um, so the yeah, way they got round this was the light that you see in that mortuary scene is a 7k bulb but it they've used mirrors uh, to right, bounce okay. the light down into the set right? I wonder why they thought they would need it well, it's all to do with the, uh, the, the the light tolerance of the film isn't it and right. the fact that the sets were meant to be quite dark you know um, yeah, that mortuary scene. That you know, when Andrews and Aaron come down and go back, they they're, yeah. they're on that spiral staircase. I presume that doesn't go anywhere. No, <laughs> it it, it doesn't go anywhere. But uh, uh, Lance Henriksen took a fancy to that, and he bought oh, it, and he had it shipped back really? to his LA home. Yeah, so presumably it's still there. Wow. Yeah. What a strange thing to do. But... Yeah. Um, when Andrews has his interview with Ripley. Uh, you've got the window in the background. Yeah. Everything behind that uh, window is a painting. That's not a set. That's just a yeah, painting right. of the outside. Um, and uh, oh yes, the, the the other thing. The very first time we see Andrews, and you've got the gantry thing and everything like that. The camera's yeah. very low down, yes. uh, looking up practically up at everybody's nostrils. And that was David Fincher's choice. He wanted you to see the ceilings rather than the floor and that's okay. why the camera's pointing upwards all the time that's weird is that from the old like um sort of uh thing where ceilings not you didn't normally build ceilings in a set so if you built them you made you sure might as well show them. them yeah like in frankenstein and stuff like that yeah it was also the nostromo show, yeah it showed that you uh this was a big budget production because you had ceilings yeah 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 I always think of you know the uh, the the mess hall in the Nostromo, yeah. where you've got all the banks of uh, um, lighting, uh, sorry, monitors and that going yeah. up into the ceiling. Yeah. Trouble is, it, um, it directors that do that generally really pee off their cinematographers, don't they? Because it's incredibly difficult to light. Yes. Actually. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's go on to Brian then. Good old Brian. Brian. Yep. Yeah. A, a, a mainstay of our. Uh, TV viewing um, as we're growing up Uh, we've mentioned it already he was Heslop in Porridge the rather uh, uh, he's much like uh, Aaron I think he he would be like 42 or something his IQ was uh, (laughs) considerably lower than Aaron's I think I think I I was probably where I first saw him Um, and got to know him yeah great character Heslop yeah I mean um, he 
I, I didn't see it until I was an adult, but, you, you know, he was in Kez. The, yeah, yeah, uh, he was the teacher in Kez. Yeah, yeah, the sports teacher. And, yeah. you know, he, he's meant to be serious, but he's quite a funny, affecting yeah. character in that. Um, and he was in loads of TV as we were growing up. He was always in, like, the Les Dawson show and the yeah, Likely he, Lads if, and stuff if you like want, that. Generally, if you wanted a, a bluff northerner with a bit of threat, yeah. you would get Brian Glover, wouldn't you? Yeah, and yeah, and the ultimate for that was yeah in bottom, Mister Rottweiler. Mr. Yeah. Rottweiler. <laughs> yeah, one of the best episodes, Gas. One of the best episodes. I, I remember watching that, and I made myself physically sick. It's the Gas yeah, Man. Yeah. <laughs> Have a lovely, a lovely um, steaming cold cup of tea. <laughs> Yeah, bottoming character. I think we should do at some oh, point. Yeah. That, yeah, but yeah, he he was beloved in the seventies because yes, yeah. even though yeah, yeah he would pop up in porridge and things like that. Everybody here in the UK knew him from the Tetley Tea adverts yeah. where you had these exactly. cartoon people, and it was his voice instantly recognisable. Recognisable, and also one of those actors where you never ever heard anything bad about him. No, apparently everybody was excited on the set of Alien yeah. Three that you know yeah. Brian was coming along. Um, yeah, because I know we he appeared in um, Doctor Who Attacks the Cybermen, and I lo- I love his part in that as well. And again, yeah, I think it was like everyone was sort of saying how he's just such a lovable man, you know, just genuine and funny, and, yeah, incredibly and funny. funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, we know that you know he started his career as a wrestler. Yes, yeah. He used to be on World of Sport and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, too, and, so and, and, yeah. Yeah, this, uh, sense of humour. I mean, yes. his first wrestling name was Eric Tanberg, the blonde from Sweden. Right? Did he have blonde hair at the time? I don't think so. I no. think that was the joke. Was that the joke? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and then he became Leon Arras, the man from Paris. I, I think that's how. I'm, yes, that rings a bell. Leon Aris, yeah. the man from Paris, <laughs> yeah. and he was the son of a wrestler. Brian's the son of a wrestler right. called Charlie Glover, uh, who whose whose ring name was the Red Devil. Wow. So yeah. All right. So uh, no no soap tally for our Brian, um, because which is amazing. Really, you'd have thought he would have appeared in soaps. No, yeah, but alas, no. But he was in a few genre things. Right, all right, yes, yeah. genre tally of eight. Um, now the first one was, if you say the Frighteners, everybody thinks of the you know Peter Jackson yeah. film. But no, there was a TV anthology series from 1972, a, a, a horror TV anthology, and That's he was in that. No, I've never seen it. It might be lost. It might be one of these yeah. lost ones. Um, and then he was in Shadows. Another TV supernatural anthology for children right. back in the days when you could have supernatural shows for children yeah. and people didn't have a fit. Uh, then he was in Jabberwocky. I don't remember him being oh. in Jabberwocky. I've not seen it in a while. Um, I'll have to get out and have a look. Yeah, he was the armourer in that. Oh, right. Okay, probably a small scene. I mean, to be fair, there was a lot of British talent that did a cough and a spit part in yeah, Jabberwocky. Yeah, that's true. As, as a favour. And because they wanted to be associated with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, yeah, the classic uh, scene in An American Wealth in London yeah. where he's the chess player pl- playing opposite with Rick, uh, Rick Mayle. Yes. Yeah. 
with the rather dodgy joke now uh, yeah. about remember the Alamo, um, and yeah. uh, he, he's very famous from in that from the that's enough, yeah. um, and he, he's brilliant. I mean, his character in that is you, you, you know when um, you know uh, remember the Alamo. He says when they're um, talking about films. And he goes, uh, I think it's David Norton says, uh, yeah, it's a good film. Uh, you know, very bloody, bloody terrible. <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, and then he starts, did I ever tell you the story about the United Nations? And everyone's, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> He's brilliant. He's yeah, brilliant in that great. film. I think that is Brian Glover. I don't think there's, it's like Brian Blessed. I don't yeah. think there's much uh, difference yeah, between if, on and if off screen. you'd have gone for a drink with Brian Glover down the pub, you would have got uh, you the were... same thing. <laughs> All right, that's that. Then, yeah, you've, you you said it there. Yeah, Doctor Who, he plays yeah. Griffiths in Attack of the Cybermen uh, for two episodes. Uh, then Alien 3, and, and then he, I didn't realise this, he, he rejoined uh, Ripley in uh, 1997 for Snow White, A Tale of Terror. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. I, I, I didn't know Ripley was in a um, oh Sigourney was in a Snow White so yeah genre tally of 8 alright that's not bad um, no uh, something we didn't do with Van Leeuwen I forgot to do uh, but we'll do it here is is there any merchandise for Andrews I don't think um, no there's not an Eagle Moss figure for Andrews no. I mean certainly there I mean there, there was merchandise at the time in like the Starlog magazines things like that but Alien 3 didn't really get a merchandising blitz because I think a lot of the merchandise that they were going to do for Aliens and the, the proposed animated Operation Alien series just tanked, didn't it? Mm. So I imagine, pro, I mean, can you imagine like toy companies and that? You've got what property? Alien 3, and what's that about? Uh, rapists on a prison planet? Yeah, okay. <laughs> No, that's not going to happen, is it? No. All right, okay, no merchandise. Um, All right, let's talk about uh, his alienness factor. You and I have to give him a a vote out of ten. Now, you've already said he's your favourite character in Alien 3. Yeah, I think so. He's the most sympathetic one. I like him. Um, So what have we got so far? Right, I mean, this is what we've got combined, you know, when we've um, added them and uh, added our scores together and then got an average. So at the moment, at 7.75, we've got Kane. And then at 3.25, we've got Van Leeuwen. Right. Uh, and are we, I can't remember. We, we do so many of these podcasts. Um, do we do design and no, 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 or no, is it all no. combined? It's all one? just the character. Yeah, not, I'm gonna, not their look or anything. Yeah. I don't think he's better than Kane, but I do think he's quite up there. So I'm going to give him a six. A six. Yeah. All right. I, well, I, I I like the character. I love the performance, and he's one of the few memorable things from Alien Three. Hmm. Other than like the Sigourney Weavers and that. Mm. Well, I gave him an eight because I, I really well, like him, well you know, um, and and that's rather good because if you gave him a six and I gave him an eight, that's an average of a seven. Yeah. So he gets a seven and I he's there just yeah. below Kane. Yeah. You know. I can see him on the Nostromo. Yeah. He would fit right in, wouldn't he? I think. And this is out. Yeah. I can't see him on uh, in Aliens. No. No, no, That'd no. I, funny. No, the world of Alien Three fits with the world of Alien, doesn't yeah, it? You definitely, one hundred percent. 
All right, so that's that then. Um, we won't talk about the alien creature yet in Alien 3, so no, that will have no. to wait for another time. All right, so that's that. That's us uh, over and done with. So Our first visit to Alien 3, but that does mean, oh dear, for next time, doesn't it? Yes, next time. Are we... Are we, uh, are we um... Are we showing our cards too early with our disdainful tone of voice on Alien Resurrection? I think everybody does, don't they? You know, um, I think so. yeah. I, 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 again, I can't, I can't imagine somebody would say Alien Resurrection's my favourite. I did um, uh, on Facebook the other day. Someone on one of the Alien groups, someone had posted that that they liked Alien Resurrection the most because it. You got finally got to see swimming aliens underwater. And I can't see that's a good enough reason to like that's, the film. That that's the reason for liking the whole film. Yeah. So no. I I never while I was watching Alien and then Aliens and then even Alien Three, I never was sat in the cinema thinking, do you know what? Do you know what really improved this underwater <laughs> aliens? Never did. No. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, next week, but I don't know who we're doing. You haven't told me. Oh well. Next week we're we're, we're back to the thinging character, right. aren't we? So uh, listener, listen next week. Where we're do I know uh, who we're doing now? I uh, don't know what I'm doing after time. Well, th- these life. are kind of like all out of sequence yeah, at the moment. Next are, yeah. next time on on the thing in chronological order, the way we're doing recording these is different to how they're actually coming out. So right. the next so the next thing that comes out from you and me. <laughs> To do with either yeah. the thing or alien is copper next week, oh, right. okay. which we haven't recorded yet, but no, that's no, next week. That one, yeah, yeah. and uh, the week after that is, as you say, alien resurrection, and we're going to have our third look in a row at a boss man, or is he a boss man, General Perez, ah. or as he's m- most people know him, that bloke off of Taxi. Yeah, old hairy shoulders. Yeah. The hairy man. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Join us for that, folks. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'd have to get my my Blu-ray out. I don't think it's been out of the case yet. You haven't watched it. No, I think I've got the um, the Blu-ray anthology. But you haven't watched did, Alien I Resurrection. Don't think I've Resurrection. No. I've also weirdly got it on VCD. You know the that blimey old, that takes me back. Yeah, that sort of Chinese format. Yeah. Um, Perhaps I'll watch it on that, <laughs> for old time's sake. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it's not yeah. a film that I think of when I get my Blu-ray well, box set out. We might out. be surprised. We might watch it and go, oh, actually, this is aged really well. I, um, I, I don't. My yeah. abiding memory of Alien Resurrection is just very, very irritated by it. Yes. It's also one of those, like Alien 3, where the extended version is so different to the normal version that we're gonna have to watch both versions. Oh, do we? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't so. think I don't think a lot. There's a lot of difference with Perez, but certainly some of the other stuff. All yeah, right. There's a, there's a lot of differences. All right. Well, join us then, then, folks. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay, Ian. Let's, let's go. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> <laughs>